Well, welcome back to this deeper dive into the gospel thread in a digital labyrinth. And so this is a mini series that is on the subject of technology. And so for those of you who are continuing with us, so glad to have you back. And in that first episode, we covered the reality of technology and the reality of just what we're facing in the world today. The next part of the conversation, and this is really the next part of the resource that you created, John, it's our responsibility as individuals being aware of the reality around us. Mm -hmm. What do we then do with that? How do we start to move into the world with some intentionality, especially as followers of Christ? What does that responsibility look like? And so just really here at the outset of the conversation, you've split it into a framework of three, and that's our intent, content, and consideration. And so just to start things off, I think when we hear the word intent, um, what do you mean by intent and how does that help us approach technology? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say uh, right out of the gate, this progression, intent, content, consideration, I have to give a little bit of credit to Randy Pope in the sense of the appropriating the power of the spirit, which is to consider what I know, to present the members of my body as instruments of righteousness, that sort of thing. So considering what we know, which was what we went through in the reality, statistics, what, what the Word of God has to say, can, in light of that, this is an effort to get into a posture of presenting our, ourselves as instruments for righteousness for in a love effort in expression of our love for our savior but the intent is really getting at checking our intentions as it relates to how the word of god outlines sin and i mentioned in the faith and podcast that jesus in the sermon on the mount identifies sin on the intention level that kind of raised the bar that was like a, oh my goodness, like he, and he said this intention piece when he was talking about adultery, that if you look at a woman with lustful intent, you've committed adultery. Basically saying, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. If you look at a woman with lustful intent, you will have committed adultery in your heart. So he's now saying, I am judging your heart. And so the intention would be, am I, is the intention going into the digital landscape such that it's gratifying the desires of the flesh versus, versus the spirit? So it's that duality that we talked about in the reality, which is we're in a war between the flesh and the spirit. So a simple way to really get our intentions in check is before we pull the device out of our pocket or turn on the television or fire up the computer is to say, am I seeking out to gratify the desires of the spirit or the flesh? And that can quickly get the spirit of God, awaken that sense in us, if you will. Yeah. As I pull my phone out of the pocket, which I think for many of us, because of just the dependence on technology and before you know it, we're not even aware of pulling the phone out of our pocket. It's in our hand and we're scrolling through, whether it's YouTube shorts or it's our email and we're just catching up. I think 
the point that you're making is it's worth being aware and cognizant of those moments mm-hmm. and really giving thought to, hey, what, why am I here right now? Why am I scrolling right now? You know, just practically speaking, I think we can all feel the relevance of that just because it's really easy to thoughtlessly interact with technology with the assumption that, hey, it's here, it's at my disposal, it's making mm-hmm. things convenient, I'm filling time with it. But to really start with the intent forces us to start thinking about the things that otherwise we wouldn't just naturally be thinking about. And I think that, you know, where this is getting at, this word intentionality is getting at that there needs to be purpose behind what we do. And I would go so far as to say, and this is my opinion, that picking up a phone with an idle mind to kill time is opening up uh, the wrong door. And that's hard because there are times when we need, there's time between meetings, we're at an airport, we're in transit, this, that, and the other. And just by habit, my, the phone is in front of my, my, my face and I'm going through and just going through news cycles and this, that, and the other. And that's a dangerous place to be. I think that on a deeper level, my challenge to myself would be, what is the purpose as soon as that phone comes up is we have the freedom in Christ mm-hmm. to say, I don't have to, I can put that right back down and I can spend that time in other ways. And so, yeah, that's just a quick thought on just from an intention. Level. Absolutely. And I don't want anybody to hear us saying, you know, picking up your phone and doing something on your phone is a bad right. thing. We have to ask the question, why? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose in this moment? And maybe there is a legitimate purpose in it. But we have to start there so that we're not posturing ourselves in passivity and just consuming for the sake of consuming. Sure. Um, So that, that kind of shifts us, I think, to that second component. So tell us a little bit more, what's the connection between intent and content? Sure. Yeah. The progression would be we're all content consumers and we're all content producers. And I would say social media is probably the main part of the digital landscape that that causes us to be content producers. And just quickly stepping in my business shoes for a minute as a digital agency, one thing to be mindful of is I think by default, most of us are trusting people to say, I trust the intentions of that person. Josh, you look like a trustworthy person. I just inherently, I'm going to trust you. And I think subconsciously, we apply that to the platforms we go on. And I can say as a digital agency, not that we are some sinister organization trying to manipulate people, but marketing does exist. And profit-driven companies are the majority. And one example that I'll just quickly borrow from the reality section is Facebook. And a Facebook employee went on stand in a congressional hearing and said Facebook was motivated by profit, so much so that the growth-oriented algorithms were, they knew the damage that it was causing, particularly to the youth, as it related to like body image, putting out certain 
making certain connections of what popped up on your feed in order to grow the platform while knowing it was damaging or causing some harmful things to a particular audience segment. Keep that in mind that as we're consuming content, to be as innocent as a dove, wise as a serpent can apply there from an intention standpoint, but really considering the content we're letting into our hearts, the eye is the lamp of the body type Mm. of thing where we got to be very vigilant in, in terms of what is feeding us in the church. We call that a discipleship kind of conversation, but that's what I mean in terms of content consumption, but that leads into what we produce. And I think oftentimes I feel the pull to compare contrast. And I think that this is some of the sinister things we're witnessing on social media in particular is compare myself to this person, to that person, this group, and to begin painting a narrative of what I want others to view Mm -hmm. my life as. And that's just another way to consider the content that we're producing is what narrative are we trying to paint of ourselves out there? And is that lining up with how the Lord, our Lord would want us to present ourselves to the world because we are the light of the world. We are to be shining examples of and living and breathing examples of a life transformed by the gospel. And so that's what kind of I'm I'm leaning in towards with the intent and then going into content. And I love the fact that you mentioned the fact, hey, we're supposed to be different. We're called, we're literally called to be different within the church. We'll talk about why are we still in the world? Mm-hmm. And it's because we've been given a mission by our Savior, by our King, to go and shine His light, reflect that light to the world around us. And when you talk about marketing, it's the way I've defined marketing in the past is it's really stoking a desire. Mm-hmm. There's something, they're not necessarily planting anything in you that wasn't there before. There, there's something intrinsic to human nature. And within the church, we would point to the fact that we believe, hey, we all have that sin nature that we've inherited from Adam. And there's this deep sense of identity that we're always trying to and fighting to craft for ourselves. And technology offers a space to do that in a way that previous generations of people have not. It hasn't looked this way, but really from the beginning, we've been trying to craft our own sense of identity. I think that's a temptation that even we as believers can fall into when it comes to social media in particular, the image that we want to portray to the world, the, what we want others to see in us. And that can very quickly creep into our sense of self and it can compete with that identity of being sufficient in mm. Christ being sufficient for us. The marketplace has found a way to throw content my way that's primed and curated. And it's, they know more about me mm-hmm. <laughs> than they've ever been able to know before because of the engagement in technology and digital spaces. And on the one hand, we don't, it can be terrifying. We don't want to run away from all technology for that reason. But I think there's a sobering reality to the awareness that, hey, you know, the, the content that I'm seeing, the content that I'm consuming, what is it doing in me? So unpack that consideration. The progression you said is intent, content, consideration. 
unpack that a little bit more. And what is it that we're considering? What are the questions that maybe we should be asking? Yeah, no, that's great. I think that by the time we get to consideration, at least outlined in this resource, and if you've made it this far into the resource without saying, you know what, I don't know about this. <laughs> if you re- reach this far, one of the things that, that I bring to the forefront is, are we considering the cross? And it's got a clear and costly call and kind of puts, and I'm really looking forward to the redemption opportunity because this is all building to kind of crescendo, if you want to call it that. But with consideration in, in particular, if the question that is swirling is, if God's in the right, the highest throne in my heart, then the Word of God is going to be the path that I'm, or the light that's going to light my path, and I'm going to follow where it's going to lead me. And that's hard. It's really hard. And it's so easy to, to fumble and go off on the wide path, which is to just be guided by the things in front of us. But this is getting to the place where asking, as we're wrestling with these digital questions, is Christ died for us. And that's a steep price. And in uh, following Jesus sometimes has a very costly, has costly implications. And considering the cross in particular, if the Spirit's awake in us and living in us, closes some pathways pretty definitively. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's where I'm getting at with the consideration is asking ourselves those questions of, am I seeing the full price of the cross? And I would argue that as Christians, if we're meditating on that, that's really going to align our hearts quickly to, um, to uh, which path we should take, which, how we should spend our time, which channels we should be on, and those types of things. But this really leads us into kind of calibrating our souls and our minds towards here's the redemption opportunity at hand. If I'm not distracted by this, if I'm considering the reality, my intentions, the content I'm putting up, all of a sudden it feels like the walls are closing in on us. Oh my goodness, I can't do anything. And then all of a sudden the light appears of, oh my goodness. Mm. Part the last thing I'll say about the consideration is it becomes clear that image bearers are on digital platforms. They're everywhere. That might be the only reason we should go into the digital landscape is to not lose an opportunity to seek out a potential soul that God has marked before the foundation of the world and to say, there's an opportunity to spread the gospel here. And all that to say is it might seem like the walls are closing in at this point and saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't say that, you can't do this. And then all of a sudden it might seem cumbersome, but then hopefully by now it's like, there's a particular reason God has put us in this position in history before the digital labyrinth or landscape. And that is to advance his church and advance his mission. Absolutely. And there's something really clarifying about that if following that progression and even going back to really the inspiration for yeah, the story of Theseus mm-hmm. and 
being equipped with the thread that would ultimately guide him back out. You know, for us, there's something incredibly clarifying about having a lot of those doors and paths closed to us. So it would be really easy for us to make the conversation about don't go use this platform or don't follow this person. And maybe there's, there's some truth to some of those, depending on what is that platform about and what is that content creator? What is he kind of putting out into the world? But what you've done, and I think what you're saying is it's a much larger question. Mm -hmm. And as followers of Christ, we have to ask that question. Is it worth it? What's the implication? What's the cost knowing what the, knowing the price, knowing the cost that Christ himself has paid. And so I think for a lot of us, even just hearing you Mm. frame it that way, it pulls me out of, I think what is a, a choice down here on this level to something that's much bigger and feels much weightier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether that be movies, whether that be social media platforms, whatever the digital content, whatever the digital space, I think that's such an important framework and the cross really does speak into that as believers that's part of the responsibility is we have to ask ourselves, is this worth it to pursue in light of what Christ has paid to pursue me? Mm. So it, is that accurate? Is it a hundred percent? And yeah, well said. There's one verse that I, I reference in this section of the resource and it's out of Titus and it basically says, the gospel teaches us to say no to ungodliness. And sometimes we just have to say no. And and I think that the, what I don't want to be heard or insinuated is that because the digital landscape exists, we should all be on the digital landscape in all ways, in, in all forms, in this, that, and the other. We just have to put up guardrails everywhere we go. Sometimes we have to say no to that channel and say, I'm not going to be on this channel, if it is causing me to sin, we have the freedom mm. to say the fear of missing out, which is a huge component of mental health, of kind of the pull into the unhealthy parts of this, is we have the freedom to say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm going to fast from that for, or t- take a break from it for a month or so and get back into this arena. We have the freedom to do that. And those not in in the faith don't that's one of the beauties of digital technology is showing us that we truly do have freedom Mm -hmm. we can step out of the digital landscape and not have that weight of the fear of missing out looming over us and damaging our credibility or our image like we have an audience of one and he we're accepted and we have the ability to say you know what time out i need to step away for a minute. So do hear that is that's the posture with the consideration piece as well. Right. Say no. And that responsibility is ultimately making more freedom or it's pulling us towards freedom. It it really is liberating um, to have some really healthy biblical 
gospel-driven guardrails that help us really pursue that freedom that's available in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but think of Paul when he talks about forgetting these things, laying these things aside. I press on mm-hmm. for that high call of Christ Jesus. And I think we said this in the Faith and Technology episode, that there may be some things that are closed doors to me mm-hmm. personally as Josh that may not be closed doors to you as John. Mm-hmm. And that, that requires a sensitivity to the Spirit's leadership in us. I think that requires just a maturity in Christ to know that, hey, there may be some places that John is called to go and God has equipped John to go to those places for the sake of his mission. And I may be called to go to different places. There's certainly the fear of missing out that we can dispel, but we can also dispel that comparison that I have to look just like you and we all have to do that exactly alike. Right. There's common denominators. And one of those is, Hey, we have been given freedom in Christ. And you know, having that framework and really considering the cross and what has Jesus freed me to pursue, what are those things that I really shouldn't pursue because it's really not worth it in light of what he's done for me? I feel like that's a great place to land on in this conversation. And you've already alluded to it. Really, everything has been a progression towards the redemption opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear more about that. What does it look like and how can we embrace that opportunity? And so that's coming in the next part of our conversation. Yes, it is. So we hope you'll stick around for that. Excellent. Thank you.